Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Did you know that an estimated 124,000 tons of food scraps are thrown away each year in Montgomery County? Reducing food waste begins with you. Plan meals in advance. Make a shopping list and check expiration dates. Cook the food you buy and cook smaller portions. Save extra food in reusable containers. Let's keep food out of the trash and aim for zero waste. Visit MontgomeryCountyMD.gov slash reduce food waste or call 311 to learn more. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome to another post-game edition of the Dogland Podcast. It is a victory, if you want to call it a victory. The Browns did win, so they, I mean, it is technically a victory pod. So uh, the Cleveland Browns beat the Detroit Lions 13-10. to They're now 6-5 and on the year. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and joining me tonight is Dogland contributor Caitlin Marshall, of course, of Crunch Time with Caitlin. Caitlin, how are you, my friend? Hey, pretty good. You know, the Browns won. They're six and five and a uh, big game against Baltimore next, next week. Uh, let's go. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we should be excited about. But absolutely. no, of course not. It, <laughs> it feels like a loss. I, I don't even want to say that. Okay. Because for any Browns fan, they even say that that's it. It's it. It sounds disgusting. Right. Because all we know is losing. So now we're upset or feel melancholy because the Browns won. Like, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't ever put myself in that type of mindset, honestly, because I mean, we've, we've just watched too much shit football for our entire lives to, to not at least be happy when they win. Like, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't be like that. No, I I feel the same way. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like we're at the point now where a win has to be absolutely perfect and everything has to go well. Like, no, we can't have that. Like a win is a win at the end of the day is to feel good. Yeah. There is things that are bad coming out of this, but at the end of the day, the Browns won, like, had we lost to Detroit, like, okay, I feel like you and I would have had just like a complete meltdown on this episode <laughs> and it, it would have got ugly. I feel like words would have got said that we both would regret in the long run about this team, but yeah, if they had lost to this Detroit Lions team, like I feel like it would have been a lot worse. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. The Browns are now above 500 once again. Like there is good things to talk about out of this. Yeah, I mean, look, the weather was shitty. It was an awful game. I mean, nobody says it was a good game, but there are games and there are, you know, just – how many times have we watched games like this where like they've lost this type of game that they needed to win last year? But that's what I mean. The Oakland game. Was there another game that we lost that we should have won in this kind of condition? Was um, it Houston? I mean, no, we won the, Houston no, we, game. we won those games. But uh, it was but even game. like the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. But even like the Jets, like that vibe, like they couldn't get anything really going. And that's what I just felt like this entire game. I mean, the, just like the vibe of the entire game was, was off from the start. That was the weird thing. Cause it, it just, there was no, there's no energy at all, really. Like, no, even flow. When they, yeah, no like- none, none at all. Um, I mean, it, it starts with your quarterback who played below average. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, I mean, it really started on that overthrow interception. I mean, Landry's wide open and I just, what is, what are you throwing at there, bud? Like, I just, I don't understand it, man. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Same. I mean, and we might as well start with Baker because he's obviously, he's what everybody talks about when it comes to this team. Like, yep. it, it starts and ends with, with six, obviously. I mean, he's the quarterback. It's the most important position, not only in football, but all of professional sports. I mean, just Baker – looks like today that he had no business being on the field and that's not no. like even talking about just his play alone because well I mean the play was not very good but I mean when they're talking about the injuries first and foremost with Mayfield at the beginning of the broadcast like that tells you right there like 
he is so banged up and so hurt and he probably got even hurt worse today i mean he's limping on the field early in the fourth quarter um he's got a bruised heel he's got the torn labrum already i'm sure the the bone in his shoulder is not completely healed yet and he's got both of his knees are banged up like baker like i will never question this dude's toughness because if I had that many injuries, I would not be playing. I would not be toughening it out, but that's just kind of who I am. I would be like, if I'm hurting the team, I'm not going to play. And I know Baker's probably not feeling like he's hurting the team, but Kay, I think with all these injuries right now, it just like, it's too much, I think, for Baker right now to be out there with all the injuries he has. And I feel like right now he is hurting the team with his play because of the injuries that he has all throughout his body at this point. Yeah, I just going into this game, I mean, I've I I <clears throat> going into this game just like every other game um with Baker and his injuries, you go if if he thinks he's healthy enough to get out there and they and they think you know, he gives them the the best chance to win then then you play him. But man, just just watching him from just like the first throw and the first snap, like you just he looked I mean, you just feel bad for him. You're like, if he he's playing hurt, okay, and he's right. He, you got the shoulder injury. Now he's got a left foot injury. He's got a left knee injury. I mean, he like you said, he's hobbling around in the third and fourth quarter. Um, like, what do you learn from this? Like, you don't learn anything from it. I I don't understand. I don't understand playing him in in a game like this today, where. Case Keenum can go out and get you, you know, 14, 17 points, like, and, and, and have you win this game pretty easily and kind of like the Denver game. And you just kind of move on to the next week. Um, I, I, I just don't understand it anymore. Like we, we already know what Baker is and like, is he going to miraculously play like he was week one? All the way in what week is it now? Like 11. week tw- eleven or twelve? Yeah, after after being hurt for so long without like with without like a week off, like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you you're not learning anything, so why are you playing him in a game against the the winless Lions that you're most likely going to win anyway? Like I just I just don't understand. Give him this week off, and then if he's ready to go against the Ravens cool but if not hey you play Case Keenum and you have three weeks off and then maybe you could get him back for the the home game against the Ravens uh in a couple weeks like it just it it just doesn't make any sense to me because you're just putting him out there for to to what to get hurt to overthrow receivers now like now I just I just don't understand it I I I'm at a loss for words when it comes to like their decision, the, the entire brass's deci- decision to continue to play a guy who he's, he's, he's just not healthy, man. And you're just, this year's chalked anyway, when he went and, and tried to tackle that guy and got hurt. Like that's the reality of the situation. So it it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'll never question his toughness, but he is hurting the team at this point. And not only is he hurting the team, but the decision makers, Kevin Stefanski, That's Andrew I mean. Barry. Yep. I mean, these guys are pretty much letting him make the decision. And I feel like they know like, yeah, he's hurt. He's hurting this team, but we're going to let him make the call. Like that's not good leadership. If you're letting the inmates run the asylum, like, and that's, I wouldn't call the Browns organization an asylum at this point, because I feel like they're a lot better than they were three four years ago but if you're letting the players make the decisions here I mean that's and you know it's hurting the team that's just poor leadership on on in my opinion now I could be totally wrong and you know if Barry and Stefanski feel like he even though injured is better than Case Keenum first of all why are you paying Case Keenum this much money to be the backup if you're not even gonna let him play and you don't you're not confident that he can go out and get the job done and second of all if you're being the leaders and you're saying, Hey, we're going to let him play. What does that say for the rest of the team? If they don't think Baker at this state he's in with the injuries can lead the Browns to wins. Like, 
I, I got to wonder like what the players are truly thinking inside their minds right now, watching Baker gut it out, knowing that he's hampering the way this offense should operate and just the way the team is going, because, you know, who's to say if Baker wasn't out there last week in new England, would it, would the result have been better? What, what have we still lost 45 to seven? I mean, there's a good chance New England's a damn good team, but if Keenum's out there, maybe he makes throws that Baker can't uh, at this state, because, you know, if Baker can't plant his foot because of his bruised heel, he's not making an accurate throw. I mean, who's to say the, the results from the last couple of weeks have been any different. I mean, we don't know that. I just, you can tell Baker's performance on the field is hampering him because of these injuries. And at some point, Stefanski needs to step in and say, Baker, you're hurt. You're hurting this team. Unfortunately, we need you to get healthy. You need to sit this one out. Yeah. This is worse than like when Josh McCown almost like died on the field. multiple right. times. Like this is like, I just feel bad for him. Like I feel bad watching him just like either get hit or like, you know, he, he'll break out of a sack and then he's just limping to the sideline just to get like two or three yards. And you're just like, man, like, how do you not see, like, how do you, how do you not see this as, as, as a head coach and play caller? How do you not see him just like limping towards the sideline, limping towards you, trying to make, you know, nothing or make something out of a, a nothing play. And you just go, Oh yeah, this is the guy who, I mean, he, he's, he's well enough to play uh, quarterback in the NFL and he gives you the opportunity to, to, uh, to win this game today. And like, to your point, I mean, they must really hate Case Keenum <laughs> or something because my goodness, like I, I, this is the, this is a perfect game to play somebody like Case Keenum in. You're going up against the Lions second or third string quarterback and Tim Boyle, who's thrown four career passes in his in his uh, uh nfl career um he played awful today yet like this is a game where it's like baker just sit rest for a game get right it's cold it's shitty outside like you know you're, you're, you're again you're not going to learn anything from playing him in a game like this we already know how tough he is so I just, what do you learn? Like, I just don't understand that. Like, I, I, I don't get it at all. I'm very confused. I'm confused as well. And then after the game, now, after like the buzzer, the, the play clock went down to zero, you know, the teams usually go out to midfield, shake hands, you know, tell each other good luck the rest of the way. They watch, ba- they, they go to Baker and you see Baker just, he put his he puts his beanie cap on and he he's he's walking towards the locker room, which I thought was weird because Baker is usually a guy that'll go out and you know talk to talk to players from the opposing team or whatever, and then he just walked off. So maybe I thought maybe he's going to go get treatment on his ankle or his foot or something, or and it was just very uncharacteristic of Baker. And then after the game, you know, we were waiting for Baker to talk after. Um, to do the usual post-game press conference, says Baker won't be speaking. Then we find out Baker declined to speak, which was he's never did that in his career until today. And now we're seeing the typical post from Emily Mayfield, Baker's wife, which, I mean, this has become characteristic when Baker's down and he's having a tough time and she's reposting people that are saying, no one better say anything bad about Baker. I don't think I've seen toughness like this in a while. Maybe the rest of the team should take the hint and get tougher. Now, like, this is not good leadership to have your wife post something like this. And I'm not saying Baker told Emily to post this. Emily's a grown woman. She can post this on her own. I just think it's a bad look. A, you skip out on your post game to face the media. B, your wife's posting stuff like this on social media that everybody can see. And C, not going out, even though you won, go out there and, you know, shake hands with the opposing team. Like that's, it's very uncharacteristic things we've seen out of Baker. Um, We know he can be brash. He can be arrogant, but his post-game actions today, not typical Baker Mayfield from what we've seen in the past, Kate. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was all news to me. Um, The fact that he's not speaking, I mean, it, it's just a, weird 
what a what a weird situation we're in right I mean for him to be like this what year four like again after a win like you would think you would be happy and all and all he has to do is go up there and go look i I'm banged up. We all know it. I played like shit, but we got the win. We did enough to win the game and uh, we'll be ready for the Ravens on Sunday night football next week. Like that's all he has to say. And, you know, because all you have to do is give cliche answers. Right. But yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, why, why make a big deal out of nothing? Like this is the drama that like, he's causing himself and all of this is kind of avoidable you know what I mean um and I think that's probably the the one takeaway from it because then like how obviously people are gonna like talk about it and and like oh he for the first time in his career like he declined to talk after a game after a win like I said nonetheless so like I just why? Why create even more drama for for no reason? It, I don't, I don't get it, man. And then for his, because of his wife, like I, I don't like talking about any of that because, you know, should she know better to do things like that? Yeah, but you know, she Baker can't control what she does really. So it, it, very true. I I don't like I don't like talking about like people's fam, you know, players' families or. Or um, you know their their you know uh, their wives, their dads in the Odell <laughs> situation. Like I just don't I don't like any of that. Okay, I I just not a fan. I don't I don't want to get into that drama because it's just it, because nothing good ever comes of it. Honestly, like nothing good. So, do you think the booing that the player or that the fans did when? late in the game, you know, Baker's hurt out there and they're just struggling. Do you think the booze got to Baker? Um, I mean, probably, probably a little bit. I mean, he's probably, you know, I mean, again, we all see him limping on the field. I mean, just think last year, right. The, the Browns are coming off of a, a nice little stretch where they, they won a couple, you know, a couple games in a row after their bye week. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's just, basically the same time of year where it was shitty, but Hey, they, they gutted out a couple wins. And, you know, I think it was, I think they ended up playing like Jacksonville and then Tennessee um, off of this like little break around this time. And, you know, you, you, you would think like, you know, Baker's your guy and, and, you know, everybody loves Baker and, you know, you just, you just made the playoffs with him. And now you'd have, and you won a playoff game with him as your quarterback right? and now fans are booing him. I mean, when he's literally like just dying on the field, like, of course that would affect him. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't boo Baker. I like Baker. I like him a lot. And I still think that he's going to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future, but, but it's just like, this is why I just go back to Kevin Stefanski. Like, why are you putting your quarterback in this type of situation? Like, why is he throwing the ball? What was it 28 29 times like it, it, it's raining it's shitty weather this is you have three running backs that you use a lot I mean you just used Dearness Johnson uh last week at least the first drive you did why are you throwing the ball 47 fucking times all over the field when your quarterback's getting hurt or you know getting hit and he's obviously not healthy like it it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't, I don't understand it. No, I feel it too. But it's just like listening to the fans boo him. Just it shades of Tim couch, like 20 years ago when he yeah, got, really? when he got yeah. hurt, I think it was against Baltimore on like a Sunday night or Monday night, the fans booed him. And then Tim couch faced the media after the game and got really emotional. Now would have Baker gotten really emotional after the game? He might not have cried the way Tim couch did. He might've got pissed off, but yeah, I just think like, I'm anxious now for Wednesday when Baker typically meets with the media to see like what happens, like what he says, why did he not talk to the media? Like maybe he was getting checked for his injuries again. Maybe he was getting treatment. We I'm won't sure, know. Honestly, I'm sure that's what the excuse is going to be. Cause I mean, you, you have this laundry list of injuries, right? right? I mean, he's out here 
looking like a, a the, the guy from Operation. Yeah. With so many hurt with so many injuries, like Jesus Christ. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought of today when they when they go to the graphic talking about all the injuries. I was like, man, are they playing Operation with Baker Mayfield in the Browns training room right now? Like. It's just crazy to me, like all the injuries and this dude's gotten it out. Like, and I said, I'll never question his toughness. I admire his toughness. I love it. And I think Cleveland loves it to a degree, but at the same time, we're trying to win football games. And if Baker's, you know, hampering our chance to win games, then obviously at some point he needs to sit down. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what it comes down to. And I think from what we've seen, like, are you confident that the Browns can go into Baltimore next Sunday and, and, and win. Like, I'm not. No, like, not do, right now. Do, and do do you expect them to put up 35 points? I don't. Nope. You know, I don't, I have no faith in this defense and this defensive coordinator to begin with. So can the offense, can you, can you have a Monday night football game like you did last year where it's just a pure shootout? Like, I just, I, I, nothing that this offense has done or nothing Baker's done, again, because he's hurt, like, I, I, I have no expectations for, for next week and, you know, the, the next game, uh, you know, after the bye week against the Ravens. So it's, it's this weird place that I think that we're in because we had all this hope for this year. And now, like the the actual like reality of, hey, this this year's chalk um, is really like set in for I think a lot of fans, and that's why they're frustrated. And that's why they're taking it out on Baker, and you know he deserves some. Crit- I mean, he deserves criticism because he's the guy out there and he's not playing well. Uh, he also deserves criticism, right? Because he was dumb and tried to make a stupid tackle after an interception and you know, potentially costs you um, where you want to go uh, because of that. And, you know, cost you like the potential of like your offense and, you know, how the entire team has been playing, but man, it's, I know this is all on Baker. I, hey, the Browns won this game, right? Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get to the game. We're going to get to the positives for sure. Um, I mean, hey, let's start off with Nick Chubb. Obviously, let's get to something positive. Nick Chubb, uh, first game awesome. back, you know, he was amazing. First game back after having COVID. I mean, he said he only had symptoms for like a day, but obviously he missed almost two weeks of practice. Dude steps back in first game, rips off nearly six yards per carry, 22 carries for 130 yards. I mean, good to have Nick Chubb back. And he had a receiving touchdown, which he doesn't have those too often. Uh Great play action play uh, call by Stefanski. Baker executed it perfectly, getting the ball to Chubb quick. Um, but Chubb coming back, being effective, being dominant, being typical Nick Chubb, uh, definitely something that the Browns needed. Provided a little spark on offense, even though the passing game wasn't completely there today. Yeah. Um, I think I saw this stat. The Browns are 16 and five if Nick Chubb runs for over 100 yards. Um, I don't, I, again, I, why, why weren't they giving him the ball more or at least running the ball more, you know, throughout the game? Um, I think I saw. They did run tweet. it 36 times today. So they did run it more than they threw, which I expected today, especially with the weather conditions. I thought I saw a tweet though. I might be, okay, maybe I was wrong, but I thought I saw a tweet that said like in the third quarter, like um, they had like only three or four, um, I think LaShawn only, I think he said it was only five run plays in the third five quarter. Run plays in yeah. The, so, I mean, they did go away from it in the third quarter, but they did obviously bring it back in the fourth once, you know, Detroit scored and made it uh, pretty close. Okay. I just, sometimes I feel like they get a little too fancy, but I mean, Hey, look, if they ran the ball 30 something times, you know, my bad, that's no, that's yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did like Chubb. Uh, this is my only thing is like, we know how effective Dearness Johnson can be. Yep. Why, why don't they give him the ball? It seems like when, when Hunt's out there, they try to even up the touches between mm-hmm. Chubb and Hunt, but it's like, 
what more does Dearness Johnson have to do to prove himself in his two starts? He's had over a hundred yards rushing. He yep. had a nearly a hundred yard game last year against Dallas. Like we know Dearness Johnson can be an effective running back in this league, especially in this offense. Why aren't they giving him the ball more? Like they let Felton run it a few times today. They did an end around with Najoku. Uh, we'll get yeah, to that Landry. was something. Yeah, that was like, something. The, the old uh, uh, tight end uh, reverse. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen that before, and I kind of hope to never see it again. Even though Najoku <laughs> did get positive yardage out of it, but like my thing with like last week, even with New England. The first drive, boom, Dearness Johnson runs it down their throat, seven carries, 58 yards. Then it was like they went away from the running game as soon as New England tied the game up. And then obviously once Baker intercepted, it was like the entire game plan went out the window. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to talk about the New England last game, New England game last week. So I'm kind of venting a little bit, but like we know how effective Dearness Johnson can be. Why not just split the carries? Let Dearness get him some, let Chubb get some, just run it down Detroit's throat and, you know, just go crazy with the run game. Yeah, no, I know. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, especially Nick Chubb, right? He's, he's coming off of, you know, COVID. Um, he's probably not like a hundred percent. Yet Dearness Johnson only gets five carries, even though he had, he had, he was averaging 5.2 per carry. Like, again it didn't really make much sense to me and you know to your point you know the way they use cream hunt like Deirdre Johnson is is I think you know a very capable back um maybe you're not gonna split like the exact amount like if you you know cream hunt was there instead of uh, Deirdre Johnson but to to make it maybe like you know a 65 you know 35 type of type of a split um, especially when he's running the ball effectively. Like, I just, I, I, I don't understand it. There was also a number of like holding calls on the Browns offense um, that really kind of. It lowered Chubbs. A, yeah. yeah, it really did kill a number of, like weird ones, like, like Treader had one. Uh, um, Teller had a couple. Teller had like, Teller had yeah, like five penalties today. I think yeah. somebody told me. Yeah, that was a weird one like it was yeah. so weird again the whole vibe of that game was just so weird <laughs> I, I don't understand it man yeah I mean it was a very bizarre game um yeah somebody told me Teller had five penalties I'm like okay hopefully he's not getting lazy after getting paid but he's not getting lazy because he had one mammoth pancake oh my god all that on uh Anzalone which LeVar Arrington which I hope he never calls a Browns game again because was he was awful. putrid. He but was so bad. I mean, I he bad. that call that when Teller pancaked that dude, like Arrington was so hyped. It was like <laughs> he felt the way I think us fans felt when Teller made that block. It was unbelievable. But yeah, yeah, they definitely need to get the penalties cleaned up. I will say that because it's 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 night and day from last year because we really did not complain too much about penalties outside. I think like the very first game against Baltimore. But like this year, the penalties and it's the the holdings, the false starts, the offsides on the defense, like these penalties happen too much. Stefanski said it in the postgame speech to the team, to the postgame media session, like they're going to clean it up. Like, I hope they do because it is getting really old seeing these penalties constantly. And it's the little things that they can definitely clean up. And it seems like they haven't yet. I know Stefanski keeps saying they're going to, but start quit saying it and actually do it. Like all these guys are professionals and it comes down at the end of the day to the coaching staff, as much yep. as it is on the players on executing, yep. like the penalties need to stop at this point. Cause it hurts the team. Yeah. Like, uh, I think they had a, um, like an illegal shift, like, come on, man. Like, how do you, how do you have those little, those little things? I mean, early on in the year, I mean, it was, it was bad with the pre-step penalties, you know, certain guys are, are covered they're not lined up correctly like you know I mean in Joku I think it was like the Denver game where they clinched the run but he's he's not lined up on the line of scrimmage and it it, they have to replay the third down but luckily like De'Aaron Johnson gets uh, uh, like 10 yards on on like third and seven even though he already clinched the game you know the the play before I mean these how do you have so many pre-snap penalties for a team that brought back their entire offense like it, it, that doesn't make sense to me man it, 
Why are we still having these issues? I, I don't understand it. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Próxima ventanilla. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Yeah, I don't either. I just hope that it does get cleaned up. They do fix it and, you know, get back to the team last year where they were just like a well-oiled machine. And, you know, it takes all 11 guys. Like, and if one guy step, like, slips up, like, the rest of his team, the rest of the team needs to hold that dude accountable and tell him, like, you can't do this because it hurts our team. Like, get this, get the shit fixed and, like, get back to what was working last year. And, you know, when they're winning games this year, like, it seems like, except today, like, things just look perfect things look mm -hmm. like they're smooth like they're a team like it just seems like when things get tough like it's kind of it's every man for himself like they got to get back to the team because at the end of the day is the cleveland browns it's not one individual player like they just need to get that shit fixed um the other guy on offense i want to talk about today outside of nick chubb was jarvis landry like this week he made the comments about why he wasn't involved in the offense because it was asked it wasn't like he openly made these comments like the mm -hmm. questions were asked And then, you know, lo and behold today, like he was a focal point in the offense. He had four catches on eight targets. Um, they did the trick play where it looked like he was going to throw. And then he ended up scrambling, scoring a 16 yard touchdown on the run. I mean, it looked like they made it a point to get Landry back involved in the offense. And I thought he was effective. Like he's not the same Jarvis Landry he was when he got to the Browns four years ago. But I think he still can be a vital part of this team, not at 15 million anymore. That's a whole nother story for another day. But to get Landry back involved in the offense, to see him be effective, see him being engaged with the team, um, it was good to see because I think whether you love him or hate him, Landry is a solid leader on this team. Um, he may not always show it with his words or his actions, but I mean, he was a big part of the turnaround here with the Cleveland Browns. And to see him back effective on offense today was a good sight. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I don't understand, especially with someone like Jarvis Landry, like, you know, to, for, for, you know, some, what was it, Mary Kay to ask some, you know, to ask him, like, about his involvement in the offense. Um, he, he's like the easiest guy to get involved, right? Yeah. Because he, his route tree, it's, it's like right in front of your quarterback, basically, whether it's, you know, he's, he's in the slot or, you know, you, you play fake. And, you know, he's the guy that comes, you know, running across the line of scrimmage on, on like a little drag route and he, or he goes through the, um, the line of the, <clears throat> or underneath like the line of the offense. I mean, he's usually like the, the little dump off passes. Um, so get, you know, giving him a couple touches just to like get into the flow of the game. It, that would be the easiest thing to me. Right. Especially when you don't have, you know, the, um, the, the amount of receivers that, um, we all thought we were going to have, um, you know, starting the year, it, uh, it's nice to see him, like I said, just finally get involved because it just, he's somebody who should get like five, six catches a game at, at a min. Like, yeah. Because he just, see, he's so easy to just like, Hey, just, just dump the ball off to a couple times just to get them in a, into a rhythm. Like, and that's what I feel like the, the Browns passing offense has, has been missing. There's no rhythm at all. No, it's, not at all. It, it's like they're, they, they can't even do the easy things. Like the, like the easy things just, it, it, it looks so difficult. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't make any, again, it makes zero sense. And maybe because, maybe it's because he's hurt, but even with the case at quarterback um, against Denver, like 
it, it, it didn't look easy. You know what I mean? I just, I don't get it, man. No, I mean, it, it, the wide receiver position has been such a, a weird thing this year because obviously with the Odell Beckham stuff, but it's like, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones has had his ups and downs when he's on the field. He's been effective when he, and then he gets hurt. Like he can't get into a rhythm, you know, Higgins has disappeared again. I mean, they tried to get him involved today. He had five targets, only had one catch. Um, you know, Jamarcus Bradley gets called up today, comes in two targets, two catches, had a great, uh, toe tapper on the sidelines for 37 yards. It was, and that a, was a nice catch. throw by Baker. Like, yeah. Like one of the few great throws that Baker had today was to Jamarcus Bradley, who's a practice squad receiver or at best is a fourth or fifth receiver on an NFL roster. Like I've always been intrigued by him. I'm glad he got his opportunity today, but you obviously don't have people's Jones. You don't have Schwartz today who are both hurt. Like it's just the wide receiver position has just been such an anomaly when going back to camp, that was we thought was the deepest position to a point where we had to let Kaderil Hodge go and he can't even sniff playing time for the Detroit Lions, which is saying something because their wide receiver room is not all that great. Um, so either Hodge was an anomaly or Detroit doesn't know what they're doing. But like, I feel like wide receiver has to be a position they easily target this offseason, whether it's going out and signing someone in free agency um, or drafting someone high. I mean, we're all looking at the draft wide receiver prospects, I think, very closely at this point, um, just seeing all the great playmakers there are every Saturday, like wide receiver is something they definitely need to address. And for those that say that they won't draft one in the first round, they looked at it last year with Rashad Bateman and a couple other mm -hmm. guys. And two years ago, they almost drafted CeeDee Lamb over Jedrick Wills. So yep. for those that say Barry won't take a wide receiver in the first round, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's just crazy to me that you don't pay attention as closely as you should. <laughs> no, I agree. I, this team needs just a, a, a threat, like outside of Diamond Peoples-Jones. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no separation at all this game. Um, they got, I don't want to say they got bailed out, but I mean, Hey, when you, when you, when you throw when you end up throwing the ball downfield, like sometimes they throw defensive pass interference, uh, flags and, you know, sometimes you get some cheeky, uh, first downs, but Hey, it, it happens to the Browns all the time. So I, I can't, I, I'm not going to be mad when it helps us this week. You know what I mean? Um, I just, it, it's, this team is so weird. And that's like basically the my my main thought about the Browns. You know, we are we are heading into week 12, and I have no idea what this Cleveland Browns team is. And I don't I don't like that because this is year two. This is a team coming off of a playoff win. Um you you played the defending uh AFC champion uh Chiefs really well. Uh, in the playoffs last year, you played them really well week one. And I just, I, like, what, what, Jack, do you know what this team is? Cause I don't like, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I have no expectations for this team. And I just, I'm sad about that. Like, I don't, it's a weird, helpless feeling. It, it really is. Like the only thing I can say is this is a team that's just been hit with bad luck like week in and week out and like they haven't been able to find their identity because something always happens and it's been whether it's a bad call a, a bad play slash turnover uh, a bad injury like they haven't been able to get into a rhythm or a flow and I think that's unfortunate and you know most teams haven't been able to do that I mean look at Kansas City they're sitting yeah. at six and four no one expected that through their first 10 games like they hit a bump in the road uh, they dealt with it, and now they're looking like a team that, you know, could go on a run here and still be the best team in the AFC. Like, the Browns just need to find their way. I think that's all I can say at this point is that they just need to find their way and power through it. Like, they've had bumps on the road, like the Kareem Hunt injury, the JOK injury. Um, and apparently know, Baker, he got reheard again. He, he re yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the defense here in a second. It's unfortunate that he got hurt again, but, like, they just have to find a way like it seems like the cornerback position, like Denzel got hurt. They found a way with Newsom and greedy, even with their injuries, like 
the wide receiver position wasn't able to ever find their way with all the injuries and obviously the situation with Odell. Um, the running back room, look, Chubb got hurt. They found a way. Kareem got hurt. They're still finding a way. The unfortunate thing is the only position where they haven't been able to find their way is at quarterback, and that's the most important position. Baker's toughening it out, but it's like at the same time, it's like we know he's hurting the team at the same time, and that's the only unfortunate part is that that's the only position where they can't find their way and push through it. Yeah, there's – I mean, like we've talked about, there's – you're not learning anything from from these games from from Baker other than maybe he's a, a a crazy sob for even playing with so many injuries um because i just it, it, it's just it just like they're it doesn't feel like they make things easy on him and then you know then he has like an overthrow like he did on the first interception where it's just like he's wide open like yeah oh my goodness you know what I mean but then everything else is just like the most difficult throw and completion that that he's ever made you know what I mean like right yeah I mean it's just I, I don't get it man <laughs> I really don't I don't get it either like it just doesn't make any sense to me this this whole season hasn't but I mean I think unfortunately that's what ha- we we set high expectations for this team but at the same time, maybe we should have took baby steps. I'm not saying like it's easy to say that as a Cleveland fan with all the moves and talent they've added. Like it wasn't, it wasn't easy to like temper expectations because you know we had lofty goals and we thought we could achieve them. And it's just unfortunate that it just didn't work out. But you know, there's still. Well, I think, s- oh, I think that's where I think that's where you know people maybe should have reset things after Baker got hurt week two probably Um, yeah and then and I think people got excited you know after week one because they were so close to beating the Chiefs right um week two he gets hurt but you go you know if he's still able to play man like all right cool um and now you're seeing you know him being hurt plus just the weekly and normal nagging injuries of the NFL season kind of all coming together um, and which is now you have a a quarterback who's playing below average uh, in you know week 11 and week 12 and now you have no expectation or no real thought of like what your team is going to be because of all that and you can't rely on your defense because your defense is we don't even talk about the defense. Like (laughs) I have no expectations for this team, this defense. They're as inconsistent as Baker. Let's just say that (laughs) they're even, no, they're even worse. They're even worse. They are worse. worse. I will say that they're even worse because they're, they're the best defense on first and second down. That's the thing. They're the best. And then on third down, they, I don't play calling. understand it, it. The play calling, the play calling's awful. They give up every third down, third and long. It, I don't understand it. You have all this talent. You have all this talent on defense, and do, you just you can't get any stops consistently. How do, we, how do we go from the first to the best defense on first and second down to like one of the worst on third down and fourth down for that matter? Like I don't, I don't know. Like I, I look no at PFF idea. and like, I don't take it as gospel. They say we're a top 10 defense. And then I watch and I'm like on third and fourth down, we got to be like one of the bottom five, if not the worst, like it just doesn't make any sense to me, but you're right. Like so much talent on that defense. Like we forced two turnovers today, but we only won by three points Yep, because we gave up 170 on the ground and like, they and, didn't, and they a applied. long run on third and seven or third and eight. Yeah. And then there was no pressure today. Like Miles had two QB hits. <clears throat> That's the only thing yep. on the, like, I would not expect double digit pressures tomorrow. I guess I get against Tim Boyle, you weren't yeah. able to sack him. But I mean, it's like, this is <laughs> recent history. Look, Brandon Allen, the Denver quarterback. And then yep. who was the other backup that we let look like? Oh, uh, we, we were I mean, talking about it today. Oh, shoot. Oh, um, was it the Houston quarterback, Mills? 
Yeah, Elette Mills. Yeah, um, Mills. I feel like there was somebody else too. Uh, Jacksonville last year, um, Mike Glennon. Oh yeah, and then he Chad was able Hitty to in the freaking yeah, playoff Chad, game. Yep. Oh my god. I, it, it 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 doesn't make any sense, but because you know you have you have these games against like Justin Fields in his first start where he had one total when they had one total passing yard or whatever it was because you sacked him so many times or even this game where you know Boyle only had 80 something passing yards like and and in total because you only give up 80 something like your total yardage is really good and it's going to keep you you know high in the ranking but it's just like I I I, I don't get it I <laughs> the fact that Jill Woods had the gall to say hey you know after people talked um Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. After Miles Garrett called him out last week, and then on Thursday, he brings up that the the fact that their adjustment was they were able to get a three and out after halftime, after they let them oh. ha- go six for six in the first half, and I think it was like seven of nine in total of the entire game. Yet you you let Brian Hoyer go all the way up the field. For a 90-yard touchdown drive, you gave up a 99-yard touchdown drive to a rookie quarterback. Oh yeah, but that's a top 10 defense. Yeah, I I don't understand. Again, this is another thing I don't understand. And look, all last last year after the season, I was like, you know what? The Browns fired Joe Woods. It was a hot take. Everybody's like, well, hey, look. They had basically me and you playing safety. And I agreed. Okay. But it was just like they were historically awful on fourth down last year. Like, I believe the opposing teams were 12 of 12 on fourth down in the fourth quarter against the Browns last year. That th- those are money downs, and you can't get off the field. You don't deserve to be a defensive coordinator in this league. And you have the same issues. This year, to a T, you have John Johnson, who, oh my goodness, like this guy, he is, he, he doesn't even look like the same type of player that he was the last couple years in, in L.A. Like, well, that's because they're playing him out of position. Well, that's just, that's you know one, that. I yeah. know that. Yep. Somehow, Joe Woods doesn't know that. That's why I hate like certain defensive coordinators, you know, because because going into this year, we all heard about this dime defense and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they, they only played eight snaps a dime all of last year because of the injuries and blah, 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 blah. Yet. I, I mean, it, I, I, me and you had this conversation before the start of the season we and did. I go. They keep talking about this defense yet. Grant Delpit's hurt and was banged up in, in training camp, yet they're already walking it back. And it's just like, well, why not have players who could play this type of defense? Like, I, I don't understand. Or, hey, maybe adjust your scheme to the players that you have. Like, I think for the most part, uh, Kevin Stefanski has uh, for the offense. Now, I we could nitpick about certain things that he's done. Right. But defensively, like, you could tell it's it's – Joe Wood's scheme and certain players trying to him trying to put certain players into his scheme instead of him building a scheme around the specific players that he has. Well, I think it was pretty telling last week when Miles said publicly well, now, obviously Miles you know, said it, John Johnson yeah. said it like, like John Johnson's not a free safety. He's a strong safety, yet they keep playing him in the free safety position. Like wh- Ronnie Harrison's not, part of this team going forward. I mean, I like Ronnie. He made a couple good plays today. He mm-hmm. needs to calm down because he tried to have it. He almost had another moment where the te- his temper got the best of him, which would have been mm-hmm. like the third or fourth time this year. Like 
Why don't you move Harrison into the third safety role, put Delpit at the free safety. Now, I don't know if he fits it any better than John Johnson would, but like put John Johnson in his natural spot. Why you guys paid him all this money? Like start putting guys in their right position to succeed and move forward. Like start making adjustments. Like I know you're not, you're saying you're going to, but when your players are openly calling you out saying that you're not like, that would be a, a sign. And when guys like Jake Burns and guys that break down film can see it, but yet you're not openly fixing these mistakes. Like that just, go, it's like you said, some defensive coordinators are just stubborn. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I mean, you, you drafted somebody like Richard LeCount to be that potentially that center fielder, uh, free safety type player. Um, for your future, right? Maybe give him some run. I don't know. Like he looked pretty good in, in the preseason or like you said, just put Delpit back there. He, he's not a good tackler to begin with. So maybe just having him be the rangy safety um, that, that this team needs. And then you're able to, again, like you said, move John, John Johnson in a little bit more um, because again, the corners are good. <laughs> like Denzel Ward is just continuing to prove that, Hey, Pay Even him. though he gets he he gets hurt, uh, when he's on the field, he's one of the better corners in the league. And yeah, you have to pay Denzel Ward. I think that's Greg, coming by the end of the year. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Greg Newsom, same thing. Just I have nothing but good things to say about Greg Newsom. Even Greedy Williams, like he's a really he's gonna go and be a NFL starter whenever he hits free agency for, for some other team, but he's going to be a, a solid player um, for his career. It's just like, it's not that complicated. Like if we all see this, <laughs> how could Joe Wood just sit there and just go, Oh, you know, we, we got a three and out uh, or, Hey, you know, we locked up uh, Tim Boyle. Yeah. But then you also let the Lions just, run for however many yards what was that you said 180 basically 178 something around that it's just it's disgusting honestly it's disgusting and for every complaint people have about the quarterback in baker mayfield i i feel like people need to put all that anger towards the defensive coordinator because it's it's way more warranted if you really sit there and and you think like hey this the offense is, has been struggling, right? But then I think of the Pittsburgh game just over and over again where they don't have a kicker and the defense and Joe Woods allows Pittsburgh to go right down the field on back-to-back drives, two drives of 75-plus yards, touchdown drives, where they can't kick the ball. They're not kicking. They're, they're going for it every single time, yet you allowed them to do that go up and down the field when you're winning like I just uh, I thought they were gonna blow this game honestly like I was just waiting for that big run to to come after um the uh after the 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 giant run by Swift like I was I was just waiting for that other run to to happen and yeah good thing they were facing Tim Boyle I guess I mean that's but I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to be bailed out by a shitty quarterback by playing against a shitty quarterback. Like that's the thing. That's why I'm so angry. <laughs> that's no, why I, I get all annoyed by the Browns defense. No, week I, after I, week. I completely with you, Kay. Um, it just yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody knows the defense is that bad, but at the end of the day, it's just we got to talk about the quarterback because that's the position that matters. That's the only thing that everybody wants to talk about. Um, I mean, we all see that the, the Browns or the Browns defense is not good. And, and Joe Woods, time is coming. I think everybody kind of knows that the writing's on the wall. It's pretty bad when we're an above 500 team, but we've given up point, given up more points than we've scored, which I think right there goes on the defense that they spent a lot in draft capital a lot in Mm -hmm. cap space on like everybody said like this defense needs upgraded well it got upgraded but it's still not that good i mean even though the metrics say we're a good defensive team like at the end of the day we're giving up a lot of points 
we're losing games that we should be winning. And at the and while Baker deserves some of the blame, the defense deserves just as much blame. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about this game before we wrap things up? Nah, not really. I mean, look, we've, we've been talking for, for about an hour. Yeah. And, uh, the Browns did win this game, though. We, they did and win. And you know what? I'm going to rest my head easy tonight, uh, knowing that the Browns are 6-5 and five and they get to live another week um, in, in the playoff hunt. Because look, for all the, you know, the the shitty games against Pittsburgh and, and New England, they're still right there. That's the crazy part. Um, you have two games against the Ravens, where if you win those two games, you are sitting really, really well heading into the last four weeks of the season. And uh, I, the hope is... Um, you can sneak out a win next week, right? And then you get healthy with a bye week. Or as, as healthy as you can, you get Jack Conklin back maybe. Uh, I heard Kareem. there were some rumors about that. Kareem, hopefully he's either back for this Ravens game or the, or the Ravens game uh, at home after the bye week. And, hey, you, you see what happens because you play the Raiders who they're kind of in the – the playoff mix. Uh, you have the game on Christmas against the Packers, which will be a nice test. And then, um, you know, you finish up the season uh, at Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. And uh, then you're at home against Cincinnati. And hey, whatever happens, but hey, you got to win these two games now. And uh, you're right there. You're... Nobody wants to take this division, it seems like. And if you're a Ravens fan, like, are you happy how you won this game uh, against the Bears? Like, I don't know. I mean, you didn't have Lamar. I mean, and Lamar's always a giant question mark, right? Because he's sick. So who knows how long um, that'll linger this seat or for, for this week? Who knows, right? Like, you have an opportunity. It's still in front of you after all the shittiness of this year. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the main takeaway, like you, of, of this game and of this week of you're able to fight for another week. And uh, yeah, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, the door is still open now. It's not, I mean, it's not wide open, but it's still open, you know, Pittsburgh and LA who LA is in front of us in the wild card race right now. That's a big game Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, Cleveland's got Baltimore the next two games and Baltimore has to play Pittsburgh sandwiched in between the yep. two Cleveland matchups. So, you know, they might beat us that first game, but they could get banged up big time in that game against Pittsburgh. And that could change the whole outcome of not only the second matchup between the Browns, but the rest of the AFC North race. Cincinnati destroyed Vegas today. So they're back up. I think they're seven and four now, six and four. Um, but I mean, yeah, the AFC North is still wide open. The uh the AFC wildcard race isn't completely out of the question. Um, you know, Buffalo losing again, they're six and four. Depends on what the Chargers do tonight. The Colts beat the Bills, so they're six and five, same record as us. The Raiders are five and five now after losing to Cincinnati. And then, you know, Kansas City, like they're in the hunt still. Like it's going to be a wild finish to the AFC playoff race. Like the Browns have a chance. They just need to take care of business and get their shit together and figure out what's going on and just and fix it. Obviously, the health is going to play a big factor. But if this team's got enough talent to win, they just need to figure out what the issues are and correct them. And we really know that they have enough talent to get to the playoffs. It's just a matter of, can they do it? Yep. Yep. 100%. Well, Kay, thank you so much for hopping on and doing the podcast with me. Appreciate you. Um, have a happy Thanksgiving this week. You and, too. Uh, as always, go ahead and plug everything you want to, you got going on as we get on out of here. Yeah. You can just follow me on Twitter at Caitlin O'Cele. That's Caitlin K-A-T-L-A-N. knows K-N-O-W-S-C-L-E. Uh, I haven't really done a podcast, honestly, for a couple weeks now. Just, the Browns have made me sad and depressed, so I had nothing really to 
to talk about uh but um you could check all that stuff out on um it's linked in my in my twitter uh bio thing so uh just just check it out there uh crunch time with caitlin and then uh you know baseball season and the off season of uh will we'll be starting back up uh lead off talk of baseball podcast too so if you're interested in in uh baseball and whatnot uh just you know it's all linked in my twitter so and as always you can follow me on twitter at jack mccurry 08 and the dogland at the dogland on twitter as well as facebook um if we don't put out another episode this week, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. We appreciate you all. And we're thankful for you all for listening to this podcast. Um, So if the next time we talk to y'all is next Sunday night, probably Monday night to talk about the Ravens post game, have a happy Thanksgiving. And as always go Browns. And now a special motorcycle weather report from progressive. And today, expect mostly sunny conditions with a high on life that can only come from cruising down the road on two wheels. Kids will wave, dogs will bark, and cyclists in padded shorts will instantly regret their chosen mode of transportation. Whereas you, on the other hand, will look super duper cool. Back to you in the studio. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day is a beautiful day to ride with coverage from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Get a quote today and see what you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.